Welcome this morning to Born to Sell Denver. Sean Motory and Brian Smith here talking to an awesome team here, uh, Bring Home Denver team. So, Garrett, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Garrett Donnell, um, president and partner at Bring Home Denver, which started in 2012, 2013, right around that time. And we just hit our 10-year mark. We just purchased a property that we office out of in Lohi and have a fantastic team, I think. One of the best in the city. Mm-hmm. Couldn't okay. agree more. Awesome. And your partner is Luke? Yes, sir. Good to be here today. Thanks for having us, guys. Um, I will never forget when Garrett told me in the fall of 2012 at Wincoop Brewery that he was getting into real estate and that I should come with him. I'm like, hell no, you're out of your mind. <laughs> sure enough, a year later, I was getting licensed and we haven't looked back. It's been the best thing I've ever done. And that was one of the hardest sells is convincing Luke to leave the job that I interviewed him for that we worked together at that I said we shouldn't hire him at to bring him into real estate. <laughs> Sounds like a really good Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which, what did you guys do before you got into real estate? What led you to this path? Well, I had traveled a fair amount, landed in Denver kind of against my will and worked at an international educational travel company for about five and a half years selling international tours to teachers who then sold them to students. It was all phone sales. And I hated it when I started. <laughs> I mean, just hated it. But long term, it was really good. I learned how to sell. I learned how to overcome objections. I learned how to be on the phone. And that's where I met Luke. And so a lot of really good things came out of that. Okay. What about you, Luke? Yeah, I moved to Denver kind of on a whim back in 2012. And um, it's funny, the first day I was... The first full day I was in Denver, I interviewed, and Garrett was the person who interviewed me. And I remember thinking, like, this is funny, just because in hindsight, he ended up telling the guy that ran our team, don't hire him. Um, he's not going to last. I said, he's too good. He's not <laughs> going to stay at the company, and you're going to spin your wheels. He's going to leave in six months or a year. Yeah, Interesting. <laughs> it's just funny that that ended up happening a little bit later than we thought, but I would have never guessed that you know, 10 years later, we'd be sitting here with you guys talking about the successes we've had in real estate and the fact that we're still just scratching the surface at times. So, you know, it's been a good run. And I think our best years are still ahead of us. So cool. Awesome. So well, let's talk about uh, Bring Home Denver. So tell me about the team structure that you guys currently have. So we have tried everything as far as teams <laughs> go and as far as models go. And I mean, we have dipped our toe in every strategy, I feel like. And we, I, I think we're finally at a great spot where we run a small team. You know, I, you're told that you would need a big team to be successful and that that is what success looks like and that, you know, you have to, it's a head count game and we've come to the point where we disagree. And so we run a six person team and everybody makes great money and everybody, we know them well, we know what's going on in their lives. We know what's going on in their day to day. And it makes for a really intimate great experience for everybody involved in my opinion so mm-hmm. quick question on that so for the the listeners there's many different team structures right you've got lead team structures you've got accountability team structures you kind of have independent brokerage style team structures what is your structure mm-hmm. you know and team members like uh, admin operations what does that look like yeah we uh, we are a if you had to put it in terms of kind of a Gary Keller couching it way, we're kind of a dependent team mm-hmm. where we give leads to the agents. And 
we don't pay for leads. We're not an online lead company because we've tried that and it just didn't work for our personalities. We're not an accountability team. Luke will tell you, if I have to keep you accountable, you're in the wrong spot. We don't want to call and say, how many calls did you make today? You know, how many people did you talk to? That is not the lifestyle that we want. That's not the lifestyle that we want for our agents. And so we supply them with leads. We supply them with everything they need to be successful. And we check in with them and we empower them along the way. And if they can't make it with that, then they're on the wrong team. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, especially it sounds like then most of your leads are generated through your, the, the team's marketing and then the SOI of the team. Is that? Yes. Okay. Yes. We, we've tried everything. I mean, take that with a grain of salt, but I think that we've realized who we are and what we want to do, the lives we want to live. And we don't want to bang our heads, heads against the wall, calling Fizbos or expireds or, you know, there's many ways to do it, but, um, who do you want to be in business with? Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want your client base base to be and have fun? You know, like I love every day. Truthfully, I get up, I'm excited to do what we do. We have a close knit group of people. Garrett and I have our differences, but we're pretty tight and I love what we do. It's awesome. Hmm. You know, and it's because we're not banging our heads against the wall, doing the many things that many people can do successfully. It's just not us. And I, well, that's pretty juicy. So let's get into those differences. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was oh thinking boy. the same thing. No, not quite, boys. <laughs> so, what, so tell me about the, t- the actual team. You have how many agents on your team, producing agents? So we have four producing agents, um, not counting. We have an expansion team, kind of reverse expansion. We can get into that later. But we have four producing agents here in Denver, and we have a licensed operations manager, and then we have a virtual assistant. And so that's the entirety of our team. Okay. And yet with that team, you were one of the highest producing teams in the state. So tell me about your production last year. I have the numbers right here. I was ready (laughs) for this question. So there's two different numbers. We can talk about kind of our numbers as an organization. And that is 115 transactions, 1.63 million in GCI and 62.4 million in volume. Awesome. Okay. And then uh, did you want to add into the expansion? Uh, so that's, that's the whole team. That is, okay. yeah, the entire organization here in Denver with just those four people in production. We did 68 transactions, 43 million in volume, and 1. call it 5 or 1.15 million in GCI. And that's a down year for us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all saw what happened mm-hmm. Q3 and 4 of last year. And so traditionally, those numbers are a little bit higher. But they're still pretty awesome. Okay. So what, what role do you guys play? Luke, you want to talk about that a little? Yeah. I mean, we run, we run the day to day, but we also are very client facing from a lead gen standpoint, if you will. Um, Garrett and I are always talking to people in our sphere, in our database, in our worlds and, um, constantly in touch with our teammates. You know, we're a pretty tight knit group and we, we are together a lot. Um, we see each other a lot and our goal is to, is to be able to put qualified buyer and seller leads who know, like, and trust us in front of our team. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, a lot of trust in our agents and our teammates to take care of people, do the right thing, you know? And, um, I think that it's been helpful for us to realize the direction like who we really are and the business we want to run because um, it it has allowed us to grow this organically. 
if you will. And so are the two of you selling also? Yes. So is it four plus the two of you? No. No. We're oh, included four. in that four. Nice. That is great Including numbers. Including us. Yeah. And Look I at mean, the profitability I... per agent there is mm-hmm. incredible. It's yeah, huge. That's important yeah. to us. And our numbers are low. I mean, yeah. we're not taking on a whole lot of buyers. We're not, we're working with listings mainly mm-hmm. and, you know, a select few because there's a f- some that we hand off. And kind of to d- distill down what we do, it's two things. It's train and prepare our agents for transactions and support them through them and give them leads that are going to make them money. I mean, that's really, you You do those two things well and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what Luke and I's goals are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I'm curious. Do you guys have actually have titles that you've given yourselves? I, I, I feel the reluctance for you guys actually to say I'm the you know blank. Yeah, I mean, I think on paper we have titles. When it comes down to like the day to day, I'm in charge of sales, and so I run the sales side. And so I have one on ones with our sales agents. I talk through problems that are coming up in the sales cycle. I'm talking through you know just creative ways that we can work through issues. I'm talking through pipeline and how we can move people further along faster through pipeline. And so I'm day in, day out with the sales agents, making sure that everything is being pushed forward in the proper way. Hmm. How did you discover the people that you have on your team? I mean, you know, you have a small team. You haven't always been that way, right? No. I'm At one point, we went from five to 18 agents in one year. And it was our worst year ever. We netted... After everybody got paid $3,000 that year. And I think when you look at our organization, it looked like our most successful year. We went from one location to five locations, mm-hmm. five agents to 18 agents, and it was terrible. It was the probably the least happy I've ever been. Um, our headaches just grew immensely. What, what, what year did you discover that, and what prompted you to change, change directions? It was 2018, and... It was twofold about how we changed directions. One was, I would say, three of those locations self-selecting out mm-hmm. <laughs> and us being unable to provide the value that we thought we could provide as far as expansion and then looking at our bottom line and looking where our time went. And Luke will probably tell you if we're talking about what we get into, I am terrible at keeping my eye on the ball. Something new and exciting comes along and I want to do it. And, you know, a new business pops up and I say, we should do this. We can do this. We've got the people for it. I know somebody else like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah you and I should not hang out. Right. <laughs> Agreed. This is why our paths crossed a little bit in the past, but yeah. I was chasing another idea. And what I've learned, and it's been a long, painful, expensive education, is our bread and butter is real estate, just residential clients that are buying and selling. And when I take my eye off of that, everything else suffers. And so we have to get an A plus on that before I can even talk to Luke about anything else, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything at all. The conversations still occur. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually after I've, you know, pushed a couple of beers in front of him. I'm like, Hey, what about this idea? But let's be honest. I mean, your, your ability to think big is part of the reason why bring, bring home Denver has become what it's become. But your also ability to be quiet, listen and say, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. And like raise your hand and improve yourself. You know, that's a big deal. You have to, you have to be yourself with regards to what you do, but always try to improve too. You know, that's a, one of our slogans here is be better. 
Be better than you were yesterday. Be better than you were last year. You know, be better than you were on the last transaction you worked. There's such an upside to what we do. And, you know, Garrett and I try to push that on everybody in a very healthy way, I think. And sometimes an unhealthy way. Every once in a while, you'll hear Luke in the background go, God, be better. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's right? great. Gets the point across. We've always, we've always thought that more yelling helps. <laughs> you know what I appreciate about this is, you know, a lot of people build teams and they partner up and those teams last a couple of years and they fizzle out. You guys mm-hmm. are... 11 years now and you're obviously at least from what we can tell you're getting along still Mm -hmm. um what's what's the key to that what's the secret there i think one of the keys is luke and i are that's not fair to say diametrically opposed we are very different people um we have very different skill sets and it took us a while to figure out who we are and what we do and so while i'm doing sales luke is doing operations and it was Mm -hmm. flipped for years but Mm -hmm. i'm not a details guy and our operations guy would get excited about my vision and my plan and every new business idea that I had, I can't, I shouldn't manage him because he buys into every idea that I have and is ready to go. And so Luke is a lot more detail oriented. He looks at our books. He takes care of finances. He is that guy. And so he needs to be on the operation side. And so with us being very different and just super respectful, I mean, because we are different Luke is able to do things that I'm not, and he crushes in ways that I will never crush, and he's driven in totally different ways than I'm driven. Mm. And so while I'm over here thinking about the next big scheme, Luke is just crushing it with clients and keeping his head down and working super hard. And so the value that he brings to the team is immense, and I think that we have that mutual respect for each other. I couldn't, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Luke. I don't know about that, but... Um... We didn't get into this a couple minutes ago when you asked him about what we do. So it took us a while to figure this out. But we, um, Garrett used to be more the ops guy and I was more the sales guy. And we hired a guy when things were just falling apart in 2021, partially due to the pandemic. And we just hadn't been around each other. You know, a lot of people struggled through those couple of years. And we hired a guy to help us unwind everything. And we, we spent upwards of 25 grand to help someone or to, for someone to help us figure things out. And one of the things that came out of that was, Garrett, you're more sales. And Luke, you're more ops. And we were like, what? Mm. We were surprised. Mm-hmm. It was backwards. It was backwards. Head. But it's been great since. And we like have a little bit more focus or a lot more focus. And the other piece is, Garrett and I have always been pretty graceful with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've, we've gotten, I've gotten married. He started his family since we've known each other. I've started my family like, there's a lot that goes into, look, everybody's dealing with something mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and for us to be able to take a step back and be like, at the end of the day, you guys were just doing residential real estate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So mutual respect and understanding for each other. And sometimes you just got to shut up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm That's- trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, hint, hint. You, you know, we're, uh, you, you guys mentioned that you're well. Garrett mentioned that he's always looking at the next big thing or the next next big scheme. I guess is what you said. <laughs> yeah, that, I love that word. Yeah, so <laughs> I love that you out. acknowledge that. It has uh-huh. never panned out. I can tell you five companies that I've driven straight into the ground since opening. It never works. <laughs> so my question is: Are we sitting in the middle of one of those right now? Oh, how did God. this? How did this happen? So we're sitting in the middle of their. Uh, 
their uh, what we call a mega agent office. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and your journey to get to this place? Good question. Yeah, it has been a process. Um, I think that this, when back when we were scheming, this was on my list. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the only one that has made it this far, probably. Or maybe it just hasn't failed yet. I don't know. Hope, knock on wood that that's not the case. But we we realized that we wanted a neighborhood presence. And we wanted a the ability... Let me let me back up, actually. Luke and I set up a S-Corp years ago, and I've always been worried about lifestyle creep. It's talked about somewhat, but I don't think it's talked about very much in real estate, and that always shocks me. You see these new agents who aren't doing that well driving a Mercedes and, you know, wearing $20,000 watches, and, you know, they, they get a commission and they go spend it right away. That has always been a worry of mine because self-discipline is not my strength. And I know that about myself. And so I said to Luke years ago, hey, let's put ourselves on a salary. And we'll just take home that salary and we'll bank the rest of the money and we can use it for fix and flips. Or we can use it for buying a building. Or we can use it for these five other businesses that I've got (laughs) scheming in my head. (laughs) He had a plan. Yeah. A scheme. Yeah. But I said, if I How do I get Luke's money? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I've got all these ideas I want to work out, and I don't want to pay for it. (laughs) Um, But I just knew that if I took home the money, I wouldn't be able to find it in a couple of years. And I don't know if Luke felt the same way, but I told him this is what we were doing. (laughs) And so we just salaried ourselves, and we didn't take bonuses. We didn't take extra money. We banked quite a bit. And a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, we said, hey, let's buy a building in a residential neighborhood that we own, and we can have a presence, and we can make it whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So what I hear is you treated it like a business. Yes, hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I call it the construction worker mentality. You know, I grew up in the mountains, and there was only a couple of options for jobs up there, right? You could either work in tourism or construction or work in the mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And the construction workers, my, my buddies, they go frame a house. They get paid for framing the house, and then they just stop working. Till they ran out of money, and then they go frame another house. You see real estate agents do that, right? They, yeah. Oh, I got a closing. I'm good. I'm going to take some time off, and they run out of money, and then they come flying in the office. I got to work again. Mm-hmm. And we see teams do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Let's, we didn't ever want to be that team. No, and it's funny you bring that up, Sean, because I feel like most people operate that way, mm-hmm. or so many people have. Like, Garrett and I are always shocked at these commission advance companies that uh, yeah. that email us, and they're like, hey, you want to get paid now? It's like, what? Really? That was another business that idea, actually. That was a actually. business scheme of mine. When <laughs> yeah. I saw everybody... We tried, we tried to do it. <laughs> when I saw how many agents were getting commission advances, I thought, wait a minute. We've got this pool of money in the bank just yeah. burning a hole in my pocket. Let's lend it out to agents and take 20% of whatever they want to spend. You he know? can't sign on your accounts, right? <laughs> no, I, I realized that years ago and took that authority away. Took it off? Uh-huh. At least smart. I know myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how's it going so far in the neighborhood? What have you found since you've been here? The process has been painful, like every process in life that is worth doing. Um, buying the property, getting it rezoned, the remodel, it all takes longer and costs more than you think. But we love it. Mm-hmm. We love coming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, it's two walls of windows looking out on million-dollar properties. We got our first listing and sold it right away just by door knocking and introducing ourselves on this street. You can see it from here. Yeah. It's awesome. great. Mm-hmm. And neighbors pop in. We had a guy who walks around and plays guitar every day and he and his dog come in his name's tony and so we're starting to get that presence we've only been here a month now 
and we want to be kind of a force in the neighborhood. We want to help out people. We want to be connectors in the community, and we want to just be the staple. Okay, so let's talk specifics about that. What are some of the specific things you're going to do to make that happen? Well, we started when we when we purchased the home, or excuse me, the, the office, and started uh, doing the demo work and whatnot, we started knocking on doors. We started telling people, hey, here's who we are. We're, we couldn't be more excited. It's, this took a few years, by the way. We made offers on other properties. Uh, one of them during COVID didn't get both of them. And it's funny how things work out, you know, and how things are, quote, supposed to be or work out the way they're supposed to. But um, we always knew we wanted to be in a neighborhood where we could knock on doors, we could get to know people, we could offer value. So that's the first thing. And we just got in here a month ago. We're also sending out mailers. We are going to start doing a, um, like a monthly market update where anyone can help you do that. So those sorts of things. And then having events. Mm -hmm. you know, we want people to walk in and say, this is cool, and we like you guys, and we know that you want to help people in the neighborhood. It's, it's really, as you guys know, it's not... Rocket science, certainly. Mm -hmm. Real estate is not rocket science. Just do a handful of things and do them well and provide value. Yeah. You know? And so that's can, our plan. If we can help out at the school with fundraisers or community events like that, and we can help host things at local bars and just getting exposure, getting our name out there, and you mail or you pair that with mailings. I have had so many people say, oh, I use my agent because they mail me a postcard every month. Mm -hmm. So they have to be the local expert. And I don't think that that is a viable option for everybody and you get spread too thin too quick. But I think when you're in an epicenter like this of residential, we'd be kind of dumb not to at least reach out <laughs> in the immediate proximity and be known. Yeah, it is a unique location. You know, I mean, this is obviously, you know, a historical area of Denver. Right. For those of you that aren't familiar, you know, um, what do you, what's this neighborhood specifically? We're in low high, low high. Yeah. So, um, it's surrounded by mostly older residential houses, late 1800, early 1900s, mm -hmm. and then a lot of, lot of, lot of um, scrapes, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, high-end remodels. But really, not a commercial area. No, it's you interesting, know? and yeah. there's not a lot of these pockets left in Denver. And credit to Garrett because it was something that was important to him. We wanted to find something that had this feel. And you, you look outside right now, you guys. There's old crappy duplexes, there's yep. old single families, there's giant new row homes and modern townhomes and yeah. single families that are worth north of two and a half million. Yeah. I and think you just called one of your neighbors like crappy duplex, but you know. Yeah, I've been talking to him. <laughs> He's going to sell. But, but meanwhile, people jogging by, riding bikes by, walking their dogs, uh -huh. like lots of activity. You exactly. Know, it's, it's a very vibrant neighborhood. Exactly. And that was, that's been more welcome and just bigger than I thought it yeah. would be. It's yeah. cool. It's kind of a new take on farming, right? I mean, you know, you plant yourself in the middle of an area and you just go out and meet everybody you possibly can. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that's what you guys are doing. Now, I have a strange question to pivot off of this. Do you live in the neighborhood? No. That's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I think Sean's asking you for the keys in case he's ever down here and he yeah, needs a place to crash. I want to actually hold investment seminars here. This is a great spot. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> there's a half duplex on the back, so just yeah. knock on the renter's door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my thought on that is, you know, when we talk about farming and getting into neighborhoods and marketing neighborhoods, one of the big things is, should I market the neighborhood I live in or market the neighborhood that I want to move in? You did something completely different where you just said, hey, we're going to live where we're going to live. Let's put our office in a neighborhood we want to work in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. which is a really cool idea. Yeah, we're excited about it. And it's that way it's not tied to an individual. 
Yeah. And nothing on our team is an individual game. When I started Bring Home Denver, I didn't name it the Garrett Donnell team for a reason. He thought about going with Donnell Sells Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't. Had I known that name was available, I would have snapped it up in a minute. But I didn't want to be the guy. And when we talk about the type of team we run, we talk about a lifestyle team. Mm-hmm. And that was always it for me. That's why I started a team. That's why I knew from day one, like, this is going to be a team effort. And I didn't want my name on it. I didn't want to be the guy. And so going back to where I live, we all are in real estate. We move around. Mm-hmm. If you spend five years farming into a neighborhood and life comes at you and changes that and you move to another neighborhood, then what? What are you going to do? Seriously. I, I yeah. was just talking to an agent the other day, and she moved from a inner suburb to out of town, and she had worked the same neighborhood for almost 20 years and sold 150 homes in the neighborhood, and she stopped farming it. Oh. Because she moved right. 35 minutes away, 40 right. minutes away. Just doesn't make sense for her anymore. Doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. No, and it's funny that we're talking about this because we all live all over the metro area and we work the metro area, but now we have an office in a great neighborhood and everyone can work it with us. You know, yeah. we can all work it together. It's not one person's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal for us. Okay. So let's talk about your, all of your, pretty much all of your business comes from database. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you using? What do you do? And what's working for you? Yeah. And I'll, again, preface that with what didn't work because we've tried a lot of different things. And for years, part of that, when we grew to 18 agents in five locations, I think we had a like $27,000 a month boomtown bill because we were paying cool. for ad spend and we were paying for the platform in five locations. And we were just, it was, that's why we made $3,000 that year. Um, And so we did Boomtown for years and years and years, and we didn't convert really anything from it. We had a few sales here and there. I can count them on the four of our hands Mm -hmm. over five years-ish. If we each hold up one finger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you saying that because Mm -hmm. I have tried multiple online platforms, and it it doesn't work with my personality. Yep, that's the key. That's the key is you got to... You got to, if you're going to pick it, you can do it. Yeah. People are very successful with it. But if it's not you, A, you're not going to look forward to it. And if you're not looking forward to it, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And we always say anybody can do anything for one year. Mm-hmm. And you can come in and you can call every of your 85 leads eight times to get the three on the phone that are going to talk to you to get the one that's going to close. You can. Yeah. I didn't. Nobody on our team did. Mm-mm. And rather than being that accountability team where it's like, hey, did you make your calls today? I was looking through them and you've only called this person four times and they've hung up on you and screamed mm-hmm. at you. Go call them. We just didn't want that business. And some people are great at it. Mm-hmm. Some people excel at it. Some people do it out of necessity. You move to a new area. We didn't fit any of those categories. And we looked back at where our sales come from and 95 plus percent are people that if I called them and said, hey, it's Garrett, they'd say, hey, how are your kids doing? Mm-hmm. That is the business that we want. And it's not all just my people, same with Luke, same with our buyer agents or just agents on the team. But that is the lifestyle business that we want. And so we realize rather than pouring all of this money into internet leads that frankly just don't convert as well, because if you live in this town and you don't have access to 10 real estate agents, I don't know if you're in a great spot to buy. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot kind of couched in that statement, but I think we all agree that internet leads just aren't as well qualified as personal handoff leads. And so it's more painful for us. It's not as much fun. And it's people that we just 
don't know as well. So we want to work with our friends. Yeah, we made a commitment to each other back in late 2021. We're not buying leads anymore. Mm-hmm. We haven't yeah. since. Now, you guys must have a rather large database to do the business that you guys are doing. It's not as big as you'd think. No, we're talking about a 1,000 people that we routinely communicate with. Well, that actually That's makes a big sense. database. Because I think, you know, the statistics show that for every one person in your database, you should make $1,000 in commission. Okay. So that's not really that far off. You guys were yeah. 1.4? 1.15. 1.15 1.15 with mm-hmm. 1,000 people. I mean. Yeah. And 1,000 is a large database. Okay. When, you know, I mean, you know, I've coached hundreds of agents over the years. The average agent's database is about 50. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is and that's if they're managing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, no, there's about 1,000 people that I think that we routinely get in front of. Yeah. And talk to, and you know that's among everybody in their sphere, and you know past clients and past clients' friends that we've been able to capture and bring in. But our goal is just if you don't know about us, mm-hmm. we're probably not the right fit. And so we want to know, we want people to know about us before our first conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as far as like your marketing to your database. Are you using email, mail, like? newsletters like what does that look like yeah primarily email some texting but primarily email and we we do stuff like this we shoot videos we have conversations about things that are important to people that's what what's going on in the market and we send it out you know Mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be very sophisticated it doesn't have to be very pretty um it's often garrett and i shooting the breeze about what's going on in the market and what people can expect over the next next couple months so to brian's question what systems are you using for that um, my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, think your iPhone will send a thousand no, emails. No, <laughs> it's funny. But from a technology standpoint, and it's nice to be here with you guys. This stuff is uh, this stuff is impressive. Yeah. Um, we're talking about investing some in, in some nicer equipment, but we pretty much use Mailchimp. We use Brivity as a CRM. We use um, seriously. We use our phones and you know our just kind of normal day to day ability and what not to connect with people. So, um, nothing earth shattering you guys. Yeah. Seriously. It's simple. It's Facebook, not Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, basic stuff. And we'll come up with a plan on our Tuesday team meeting and say, Hey, when you're talking to your friends, your family, your clients, your sphere, talk to them about this. Mm-hmm. And so when interest rates were skyrocketing last year, we said, you guys, and I, this isn't my idea. This came from Carol Duncan, um, from 08. And she said, you call every past client when you're in a skyrocketing interest rate um, environment or a recessionary environment. And you say, get a HELOC on your house, Hmm. which I think is counterintuitive. But if you lose your job and you have to sell your house at a discount in a down market, you're going to be very upset. And I'm not going to be happy for you either. So get a HELOC out now. You may not need it. If you are in a great financial situation, then you can take that money and double down on an investment. If you're in a bad financial situation, you can use it as an emergency fund. Um, and that may not be available if you've lost your job or have an, a, medi- a medical emergency. So we talk about that on our team and those sorts of ideas and those sorts of plans. And then we say to our agents, go call all of your clients. And so that's another touch point that we do is adding value and just calling through our database with kind of these touch points every quarter, I would say. Very cool. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the shift of last year. So how was your business affected during that time? What did you guys do? Well, we started off having a banner year. Mm-hmm. And just because we kind of reorganized and figured out 
which direction is which mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and so we were going to have a year where we were hitting the goals that we've been trying to hit for years. And then obviously the market kind of collapsed or fell out in the sec- or third and fourth quarter. That wasn't a collapse. No, it was not a collapse. <laughs> but it, you guys haven't been through a collapse no, yet. No. <laughs> um, but it felt like it to a certain extent of where we're on this upward trajectory and then it just flattened. Yeah. So semantics. Sorry about that. <laughs> but you're right. It was not a collapse. Um, but we ended up where we end up kind of every year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that happened because we were staying in front of people and we were having those calls about, hey, get a HELOC. We're adding value mm-hmm. and we're doing events for our clients. And so it didn't impact us a ton. Um, I think last year we were just as profitable as we ever were. And then come this year, we because we've been staying in front of people and we've been educating them about rates and about what you can do in this market, I feel like it came in pretty strong Mm -hmm. second week of January. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was going to be my question is obviously you guys haven't been, you know, 2012 on has been great. Right. Right. I mean, houses have (laughs) almost tripled Mm -hmm. in that short period of time and um, maybe in some areas quadrupled. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what are you guys doing to prepare for a shifting market? You know, if you perceive there one coming, I mean, none of us have a crystal ball. You know, if we ask, you know, 10 people, we're going to get 10 different opinions, but Mm -hmm. Are you guys anticipating a shift, and how are you preparing for that? It's hard to say, and I think regardless of if something does shift, stay in front of your people, Yeah, right? Like, we're not doing anything out of the ordinary that a lot of other top performers are are doing. Like, just stay in front of people. Offer value. Um, I think I'm a big believer if you talk to 10 people a day about real estate, I think good things will happen. And Luke is the best on the team at that. He crushes it, and he's, we've got call rooms in here, and every morning he's in there just calling people. And like we talked about, educating them, catching up. And so he does a really good job about staying in front of his, of his sphere. The other thing that he's really good at is making sure we don't have runaway expenses. And I think mm-hmm. that if you do those two things well in a shifting market, you're going to be just fine. It may not be banner years, but you're going to make it through. And so I heard a stat on the Pivot podcast this morning of – you can either come up with two and a half dollars of income or you can cut one dollar of expenses for the exact same outcome on mm-hmm. your bottom line. Cool. Now let's clarify. You don't talk to the same 10 people every day, right? <laughs> He's calling his, his mom. <laughs> do you have a system like, you know, where you start at the A's and just go through or how are you doing? That? That's a great question. I've done all of that. Um, sometimes I'll just look into my phone and, you know, start scrolling and be like, I haven't talked to that person for a while and call them. And usually all it takes is one or two. And then someone from yesterday is calling you back. And mm-hmm. before you know it, you've talked to a bunch of people and you're like, this feels good, you know? So nothing crazy. And we've, we've done the reminder things through email and our past CRMs. Nothing crazy, you guys. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've told people this in the past too. You kind of know if you've had a good day, right? By about midday, mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. And if you've gotten up and reached out to a handful of people by the middle of the day you're talking to people Mm -hmm. like that that's it for me right that's how i feel like i've had a good day that's very cool you know it reminds me of uh that concept that win by noon concept right yes get it all done by noon get it all done and then just the rest of your day will unfold right eat the frog early usually get this stuff done in the morning yeah you know and then you can go have fun yeah or do do what you want to do or go on some appointments And and, and I just want to say, like, um, you know, both Brian and I rode through the last recession together, you know, 
That was fun. That was <laughs> it was when we pushed the copy machines in the hallway and <laughs> called them and said, "Well, if you're not going to take them back, then somebody's going to steal them." So <laughs> actually, that was what it was. It was somebody took it. What <laughs> happened? That was awesome. Well, I played. said to Brian, "I'm like, uh, we don't have the money to pay for these copiers," and he's like, "Just push them in the hallway. They'll come get them." It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it worked too. I couldn't believe it. Uh, he's a genius. He's a he's a mad genius. But um, just for from people that have have rode through one big recession. I think you're. I think you're on to it. I, I totally agree that you have to reach into your database and you got to build those relationships mm-hmm. and get tight because people don't reach out when when times are tough, and so I think that's a brilliant. Um, I think that's a brilliant way to think about this. And so. and I think it's just being honest with people too. You guys know this, like yeah. you know, call them, talk to them, ask them about their families. I mean, we actually care. I'm not just calling them to get real estate deals out of them. I do actually care about a lot of people and. Yeah. I think when you call people and you come from that genuine, that genuineness, is that a word? Um, it is now. <laughs> it comes across and, you yeah. know, good things happen. Yeah. Okay. Love we got a couple minutes left. So what's next for Bring Home Denver? <laughs> Hopefully nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay the course, right? Mm-hmm. It felt amazing to unwind everything in 2021 Come back with more focus and energy than we've ever had in 2022. Have a good year. And then to have the team we have and the focus that we do have, just stay the course. You know, like Garrett said a while ago, we work with buyers and sellers. That's our bread and butter. And that's what we want to keep doing. And until we give ourselves an A plus in in terms of some of our big goals, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything else. Do you have a different opinion on that? I'm not Eric. allowed to. B, how about a B plus? Let's go for a B. I, w- I would go for an A minus. Someone pulled a cord on his mic. <laughs> yeah. I've got some ideas. Um, hey, but Garrett, no. what are you doing after this? I have a business idea. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I've got some of Luke's money I'm really looking to spend. <laughs> but no, we're not allowed. I'm, I'm not allowed to do anything new. We're not going to do anything new. I think that we're on the right path and we have a great trajectory and... I am no longer in the driver's seat for new development for until I can say that I have also gotten an A plus on the boring day to day, which you guys is not my strength. Mm -hmm. And so I have to double down and I have to be able to say, yes, I have given myself an A plus on calling my people and on the boring stuff that makes you successful before I can jump into the exciting stuff that wastes our money. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'd love, I, I've embraced the monotony, you know, of like just coming in and working. And um, our new building has given me, has given Garrett, has given our team new energy and focus. It's, it's really been a lot of fun so far. So everybody go buy a building. That's the moral yes. of this podcast. <laughs> do it soon. Yeah, you can all do it. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys. If anybody wants to see you online, where can they find you? Bringhomedenver.com. Okay. And uh, social media? Doing any social media stuff? Facebook? Yeah, Instagram? We, Insta, Twitter? It's called TikTok, Brian. Tucker, mm-hmm. Ticker. Brian's showing his age right now. <laughs> yeah. We've got Instagram and TikTok. Oh, that's we, it. We're big TikTokers. Nobody's on Facebook anymore. Your mom uh-huh. is. You told me that just the other day. <laughs> your mom. Love no, your mom your joke. mama comments. <laughs> Jeez. Love it. Call us or come see us. 3500 Mariposa Street. Come see us. We'd love to see you. Mm -hmm. Come walk in the door and say and introduce yourself. 3500 North Mariposa. I was laughing when you said that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we're an open book. And I mean that. Honestly, if you've got questions or want to talk through recruitment or team building or any of the harebrained ideas that I failed at. Yes. (laughs) Give me a call. 
Um, my cell phone's 303-243-4789. Like I am an open book on how we have failed. And so let me help you fail. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys taking time. Uh, Garrett and Luke from Bring Home Denver. So thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.